All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with The Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. And I'm really super excited today to have Ayana Armijo Johnson on the show. Hello. Ayana, yeah, Ayana, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Well, great to have you. And uh, to everyone out there, Ayana is the Chief Experience Officer at Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital and Trauma Center. But uh, Ayana, thank you for making time and thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah, no, gr great to dive in. But I, I, you know, I love to start off with your origin story. Tell us about what made you become the person you are today. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I uh, grew up in Southern California in um, a um, Coachella Valley, which is, I think, known for the Coachella Music Festival. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't around back then, but um, the Coachella Valley is made up of several um, desert communities, and some are more affluent than others. And um, my parents settled there, both of them um, receiving their education and um, in L.A., USC um, to be exact, and they and their friends opened up a community health center for migrant um, workers. So I was born growing up around that. My mom was a social worker. My dad was a CFO. And health had always been um, something that was ingrained in me, especially the importance of access to health um, for anyone, regardless of, of where you come from, your, your, your social status, your race and ethnicity. And so I always knew that I wanted to be in health. And for a very long time, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Um, but when I um, when I went to UC Berkeley for college, I was exposed to this world of of, of public health. Um, that there was more to providing health than just direct services. So um, I actually ended up following in my mom's footsteps, and I um, became a social worker. I was a school social worker and a mental health social worker for a while, and. Um, Helping my clients was extremely frustrating for me because I was asking them to do things that they couldn't do, not because they didn't want to, but there was just systemic problems um, that were um, that were barriers for them. And so I decided to um, to um, go back to school and get my master's in public health, specifically around policy. And I thought I wanted to change policy, but I'm a pretty impatient person, so that didn't go so well. Um, and then it was through that graduate program that I ended up interning um, at a private not-for-profit hospital um, and um, overseeing their community benefit program. Um, and I was introduced to my first mentor, um, Lynn Basket, who was my boss at the time. And um, she just gave me the autonomy to do what I needed to do to improve those community benefit programs. So there was 23 of them. And what we were doing was kind of revolutionary at the time. This was over 10 years ago before there was this aspect or this um, these formal titles of like patient experience. Um, we were looking at social determinants of health and how we can fund programs that align with social determinants of health. So um, things like um, developing um, mobile health clinics for um, migrant farm workers, um, uh, funding school nurse programs, um, going into faith communities for African-American churches and providing screening. So it was um, things that we were doing that were outside of what hospital systems were doing, but it was funded and completely supported by a hospital system, which was fascinating to me. Um, and it 
reminded me and, and I think of, of my purpose and why I really wanted to do what I was doing, which is to really serve the underserved and to provide an optimal experience for anybody, regardless of your ability to pay or where you come from. Um, so I stayed there for quite some time and developed those programs, and then that slowly um, uh, resulted in developing cultural humility programs for the organizational leaders and language access programs. Um, and then I, an, another mentor of mine, um, Iman Naziri Simmons, was the um, chief quality officer at Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital, and she and I had always stayed in touch. And um, I think the the importance of networking and and, and and aligning yourself with mentors that um, that really have your back and, and um, that you um, admire has been something that was really important to me. And she was one of those individuals. Um, she had a job for me at Zuckerberg, and um, I, it was time for me to move forward. And I, um, I joined this organization seven years ago starting um, as a department manager and moving up to chief experience officer. I am the second experience officer here. Um, the first um, had a tenure, a very short tenure, and so this is pretty much like the, the, the first time that there's been a fully funded um, position here solely focused on experience. And um, this has given me the opportunity to put my direct service um, experience, um, my public health background, my social work background into full effect, and then also with my um, experience in management. So it's been a um, learning process for me, but also an opportunity for me to teach my colleagues, coach my, um, my peers here on what exactly is an optimal experience. Um, I love my job. And I'm so grateful for the opportunities that I've had along the way. And like I said, I think it's been strong mentorships. And, um, you know, I was involved in some really amazing pipeline programs that I um, am forever grateful for. I love it. I love it. Ayana, no, this is powerful, super awesome background. You have uh, different disciplines that you're pulling together and really just hyper-focusing that all centered around, you know, the patient and the customer. For our listeners out there, uh, for those that don't know what an experience officer is or someone that focuses on experience in the, in the modern healthcare world or for a hospital setting, can you give us a, a sense of kind of like a day in the life of like, what's a definition of success for, a, for an experience officer? What, what do you focus on? What, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Just get, maybe give us some context on, on what um, leading in experience uh, means in the modern world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think any organization in healthcare likes to um, will say that they're patient centered, right? And what that what does that actually mean? Um, you know, putting the center in the patient of everything that we do, and as a result, you know, when it comes to a patient's experience, it's a long, a very long continuum of care, right? So you have patients that are here at the hospital maybe one time for an emergency, but then some that come here for specialty care services over many years and procedures. So for um, when you when you think about experience, for some it's very short, for some it's very long, and in that experience, there are many things that we do right and many things that we do wrong, and so I'm responsible for all of those areas in coordination with my colleagues here on the executive team. So it can be anything around um, 
parking difficulties for patients, um, um, appointments being, um, scheduling appointments too far out. Um, it could be around concerns around their um, healthcare diagnosis and treatment. Um, it could be around just simply someone was not nice to me. Um, mm -hmm. I, it's the gamut. I'm telling you, I think anything, when you think about what patients coming in the door, anything becomes their experience. And so I'm here, as I, as I mentioned earlier, as a, as a coach to my peers and colleagues and also a teacher. So um, turning situations around is something that um, is um, what I live for in the mornings. Um, I know that we're not perfect and I know that we have a lot of opportunities to grow and those opportunities lead to some beautiful improvements that we have implemented here, but also a chance for us to connect with our patients and learn a little bit more about what we can do better. And those are the moments that I that I live for, um, talking to our patients and seeing how um, just through conversations I am able to um, conduct some service recovery that uh, allows them to be satisfied, but it also allows me to learn a little bit more from our patients. And that's what it's about for me. It's learning and listening. Um, some of the just basic things that people want it is really what I'm here to advocate for them. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's really fascinating. I'm, I'm very fascinated also, you know, to what you, what this field, this body of research, this profession, and how important it is. I'm also fascinated that, you know, as early as uh, almost a decade ago, right, you, you pioneered a lot of, uh, you know, innovative uh, topics in this space, like social determinants of health. So you've seen a lot, uh, you've seen a lot of things, you, you're doing a lot of things in this area. Tell me about like one thing in healthcare that really has your captivation this, these days, like that has, you know, you really super fascinated and passionate about in healthcare. Just love to hear a little bit more about that one, that one thing that really has you, you know, hyper-focused these days. You know, I don't think it's so much like, um, Mm -hmm. Just to our healthcare environment or the things that are happening in policy, but more around the changes to the demographics of our patient population, right? So, you know, we're getting more millennials in as patients, and what does that mean in terms of access to information, um, feedback to um, our communication styles, to the things that we have to be advanced on that we weren't before? So, a lot of digital technology is what a lot of our patients. Um, even from a hospital like ours, you know, we're a public institution. We used to be what you would call a safety net hospital, a hospital of last resort. And so we used to think that, oh, our patients don't need to have, um, be able to email our physicians. They don't even have a phone or our patients wouldn't want to access their medical record online. Um, they wouldn't want to survey, text message them. There's all of these things that we had assumed based on a patient population that we thought we were, um, um, serving and it's completely changed. I mean, our patients surprise us by the requests that they have in terms of access to information and then also their ability to provide feedback. So that is a, that is something that I'm really focused on around feedback, around how we listen to our patient. Uh, in the sphere, in the, in the environment of patient experience, you know, we have mandated reports that, um, or uh, surveys that we are, that we send our patients. And, you know, I think for, for us here, patient experience is much more than surveys, but it's more around, um, you know, collecting data from patients in more meaningful ways. Um, so, you know, it's, it's thinking around, you know, what is our 
new population of millennials want in terms of that. And for many of them, it's a text message with a simple, you know, press one if you're satisfied, two if you're not, and three if, you know. So those things are easy to do. So those are the things that we're really leveraging in terms of technology mm-hmm. um, to better serve our, our patients. Um, so we use this tool um, online, um, or not online, it's a, it's a tool um, in each of our patient rooms. Um, mm-hmm. processed by this um, Evideon technology, and it allows us to bring to them on-demand services like, um, you know, food ordering, but also um, um, a, a survey that asks them around th- if things are, you know, clean in the room, if things are broken, just very simple things. And we were surprised at the amount of responses that we get from that. Also, it allows us to assign te- um, education that is very specific to a patient's diagnosis or needs at that particular time. So it's about leveraging technology for us. Yeah, that's what I'm super excited about. It's about meeting the needs of our a new patient population. You know, the, the patient population that we have been dealing with is kind of the aging population. And this new millennial population is, is quite fascinating, a little bit more challenging, um, but something that um, I'm really excited about. I love it. I love it. Now, it's... Uh, it's- Super exciting what you're doing. I, I, you know, greatly appreciate. It. I'm sure your customers and your hospital appreciates your work. Um, tell me a little bit about your uh, vision for healthcare in the future. You know, so 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 many awesome things going on right now opens a doorway to lots of possibilities. But tell us about the future of health according to Diana and and you know the just just I'd love to hear a little bit more about about the future of healthcare the way you see it. Yeah, I mean, so I'll tell you from both a, um, so I think from a patient perspective, mm-hmm. um, I think it's, um, so it's, it's, a, it's a multitude of things. It's having individualized care. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, is taking in everything that I am as a patient, my unique needs, my culture, my language, and being able to provide me with individualized care in that manner. So it's not... It's the, the difference being it's not providing the same level of care for everyone because that would assume that everyone is the exact same. It's, you know, um, really understanding the differences that exist between our patients and, um, and, and meeting those differences and addressing those. I think that that is huge and something that, you know, we, we, that it, that is completely prevalent in our society around disparities, right? There's disparities mm-hmm. that exist in healthcare um, because we're not, all at the same um, playing field. And um, I don't think we do a great job at that as healthcare. I think we tend to um, serve everyone the same and think that that is equitable and it's not. Um, so I would like that for our patients. And I and I say that a lot because, um, you know, the patient population we're working with is, is extremely diverse. Um, and so um, I um, see the need to have that individual lens. And, you know, that creates a better experience for our patients, you know, when they're given, um, when they're asked questions, you know, and, and, and how to, and have a healthcare conversation in the language that they speak, when, um, things are taken into account, um, around their, their, their preferences and needs that relate to their culture, their family background. It's, it's incredibly important. So I would like to see that. I would like to also, um, 
you know, better access for our patients. I think, you know, um, we still struggle a lot here with, you know, primary care providers and the importance of primary care providers is so integral to one's health. And, you know, there's um, populations, even in California, you know, pockets of cities that are, you know, um, are, are kind of deserts for primary care. And um, where I'm from, Coachella Valley is one of them. And I see the, the, um, the impact that it has on on patients where they're, you know, their urgent cares and emergency rooms are their primary care um, providers. And and that is just a revolving door that's not consistent. Um, and it, it just puts a band-aid on, on the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think health equity and access are things that I would like to see for our patients. For, you know, for hospitals in terms of where I would like to go, I would like us to continue to be innovative. I think that, you know, we, um, we know how to provide care, um, and we're highly regulated. So I think we're good at that. But it's like, how do we step outside the box and think think intentionally around what would make things better for patients, um, around flow and access and equity um, and quality and safety? I think it's important for us to invest in things that are innovative. You know, we here at the hospital are... Um, really focused on developing our people in the sense of, of, of creating critical thinkers. And so people being able to um, identify issues and um, develop solutions for them, but it's, it's empowering people to do that so that they just don't continue with the status quo just because it's always done this way. So I want us to be more innovative. I love it. I love it. No, I'm right there with you. On and now it's super, super exciting, and it's glad you know, really, really refreshing to see that the projects, efforts, initiatives that you're you're doing daily around these these uh, these topics and areas. Um, Ayana, I have one more question um, before I ask it. Uh, what's a good way for people to engage with you online or reach out to you if they're interested in connecting with you? Yeah, um, I think like how you found me. I think LinkedIn is a, is a great networking opportunity. People can also feel free to reach me, um, directly, um, um, at work. Um, so I, my, um, my email address is just ayana.johnson at sfdph.org. I'd love to connect with folks. We've, I've connected with um, other colleagues around the United States, done site visits here for them and have learned greatly from them as well. I think it's, it's a learning community, and I welcome um, the continued opportunity to learn from others and to share what we've done here. I love it. I love it. No, thank you so much. And Ayana, my last question is more about, you know, so you're in healthcare. You see a lot. You do a lot. What's one thing from a well-being perspective or, or, or a routine perspective that really works for you these days that really kind of, it keeps the engine going, whether it's a morning routine or a weekly routine? A little bit of both. So I, I have I've adopted um, this um, lean leadership principle mm. around leader standard work. So I have a leader standard work calendar, and it outlines the things that I need to do daily, weekly, and monthly that help me to um, enable, improve, and align with the organization's mission. Mm-hmm. So things on my um, I'm looking at my 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 whiteboard now on my daily list is hydrate. Believe it or not, it's important to drink water, right? So I yeah. have that up there. Um, it's things like um, rec- recognition. So I have on here that I need to at least do um, 
two written recognitions a week. And that's mm. not really just to my direct reports, but to anyone. I think that goes a really long ways. Um, Gemba is on there, and Gemba is a Japanese term for where the work is done. I think it's important for me to be a visible leader and to step outside of my office and my meetings. So I go and see, and that's where I do a lot of my learning. So I have these things not as um, to schedule out my day, but to remind me of the things that are really important that make me a visible leader. And then in addition to that, I um, I just started orange theory classes um, or um, exercise classes, and I think it's so important to have something that is outside that really creates that balance. And and for me, it's it's um, it's exercising um, and spending time with my family. So um, so those, so I think that those are the things that I do that are um, a part of my daily routine that help me be successful. I love it. I love it. Sounds like a great combination, great framework. Um, you know, personal work life balance that kind of keeps, uh, you know, feels like a generator of, of habits you have there. So congratulations. Yeah, no, it's really inspiring. I always take away, you know, one thing personally, just from, just from, from these, uh, these interviews. And, uh, so thank you. I'm sure our listeners would, would benefit from, from that way of thinking. Um, Ayana, this was great. So a couple of things, thank you for making time. Thank you for being on our show. Love to have you back as you work on different projects throughout the year. And uh, again, for our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. This show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. Ayana, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great one. Thank you.